Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Joe, and with me, as always, is Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. You've got a pretty easy month this month. Well, ramping up. Yes. Nesting, I think, is the term is what we're doing. Well, I'm doing. My wife's doing. Anyway. Yes, the impending doom that is having a baby. (laughs) Fun times. Gets easy. Really? Yeah. Mm. Once they're a little bit older and they've got personality. Yeah. It's just that first couple of months when they're only little and... Don't do sleeping. anything. Yeah. But they, they sleep a lot, so it's a good... That's all right then. Yes. But then you don't sleep a lot to Damn. compensate for them sleeping a lot. No, and they awesome. sleep at weird hours. But anyway, enough Great. babies. Let's jump into our normal topics as usual. All right. It's been another fairly good month for gaming. I know I've played a lot, but you it's just been, told to me off air that you haven't really played much. No, 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 no. Well, no. It's I'm Alive killed me. <laughs> as much as I enjoyed I'm Alive, it, it's... A commitment to play it. It's not like I can jump in and play 20 minutes or an hour, and that hour is going to definitely get me somewhere. The fact is, if you die, you fucking die, and you have to start again. And it's a game that sort of rewards, you've got to learn. So therefore, it's like, all right, so you're in this dusty world, so you can hardly see, and it might kill you because you go too far one way, and you, and you don't get enough oxygen coming back, so you die. So you learn... Next time you got to do this. And then you come across a survival game. So you've got one bullet or whatever. So you come across a bunch of dudes and you can intimidate them with the gun, but you may have to shoot one of them. The other ones might get scared, but you got to get the right one. You get that wrong, you got to go through it all again to get that point. Can you pick up extra bullets along the way? Yeah, but you don't pick up a lot. Oh, okay. So you might use up one bullet or two. Yeah. You can intimidate with no bullets, but you've got to just play it right and, you know, you can stealth kill or not stealth kill but you intimidate one guy get him on the ground kill him and then the others might get scared but you've got to it's it's awkward and you've you go back to a save point which is generally pretty long so therefore it scares me because it's like I need a good chunk to get a bit done yeah. So I just haven't jumped back into it because of that and just tempted to go, fuck this, I'm going to go with a walkthrough and just finish it because I, I don't have time to explore, which is what I love in games is the exploring part of it. But this yeah. one, just I just don't see myself making the time and I'm not even making the time to game at all. Okay. So. Well, I, I said last month, I picked that up in the sale and I just haven't even turned it on. It's part of the uh, ever-growing digital pile of shame. And just to add to that, there's been a, a couple of new freebies as part of the Games for Gold this month. One that I was kind of keen on, and that's Dead Island, which was the first one here for February. Which I just didn't even bother. You didn't bother? I, I'm keen on it, because they said it's like a Borderlands, but with zombies. Like, it's mission-based. It sounded exactly like something I would get into, and I'm just not looking at those games anymore. Okay. Well, the way I had it explained to me was that it was kind of like a melee version of left for dead whereas instead of being a shooter it's more about like hitting the zombies with weaponry i don't know as i said it was free it was something that i had thought of maybe picking up oh the hype at the time was great the trailer was amazing yeah and they said it was good but i heard it was like this borderlands based where you've got a major story and you had side missions you could choose to do Okay. And so like, yeah, this sounds appealing, but yeah, I saw it there for free and I'm like, eh. Me because I'm not... You didn't download it? No, no I'm, I'm silly. But it was just that fact of I gotta, I'm not playing anything at the moment, yep. so it's just like, eh, and I've got to clear up space on the hard drive to make yeah, exactly. room for these games. I saw for sale was the Billiards game, or pool, for 99 cents at the moment on the Xbox, and yep. it's like, that's awesome, I'll just get that. That's It's a fun game that you can play quickly. It's 1.2 gig for a pool game. What's in it? Apparently it's one of the best pool games made. I saw that myself as part of the ultimate game sale that's on at the moment. I was thinking, what's in it to make it that big? 
like, I think I, it's the realism. I think it's a HD pool game. Okay. It just seemed, I mean, I still am tempted for Nine Nights. That's Christ. And... Well, I think you've missed out because I think they're part of their one day only sales. So I think Bugger. you've missed that. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, speaking of the Ultimate Gaming Sale, well, we may as well jump into that. They ironically had another Ultimate Gaming Sale this time last year, so I think they've got their wording wrong, and it's not actually the Ultimate Gaming Sale. Okay. Um, unless they're well, using... it is if it's, this is the last one. But last, last year, was, year was, was the penultimate. Yeah, last year could have been the penultimate ultimate. Yes. yes. But they've had a few decent things that I've picked up cheap. There, there hasn't been any major titles that I've seen in the sale that I've really jumped on, although I did uh, splash out 99 cents for Fruit Ninja Connect because I thought that might be something the kids might like. Mm-hmm. And it might get them off their bums sitting with the controllers and actually get them jumping around in front of the telly, which you might to buy be a good Sesame idea. Street one. Yeah, they've played the demo of that Sesame Street one and they quite like it. But I think it's something that's a little bit too expensive for what it is. Because really, that Sesame Street one is an interactive video. It's very limited with what you can do with the, the interaction. Well, I've always seen in the second-hand bin, so you might be able to get it. For oh, you're seconds. talking about a different one. You're talking about the Once Upon a Monster yeah. one. Yeah, I'm talking about the... Sesame Street TV thing that they've got. Oh, I don't know. Because, yeah, there's two. There's a disc-based one and there's, like, a downloadable one. And we've played the demo of the downloadable one, or demo. They could, they actually comes in episodes, and we've played, like, one episode of Sesame okay. Street. And Speaking of episodes, The Wolf yes. Amongst Us, episode two is out, and I have not played episode one yet. Yeah, I've got that downloaded again, but haven't played it. And another thing this that i This is a I've, podcast of games we have but don't play. Exactly. Well, mm. another thing I've downloaded... The second of the freebie games this month was Toy Soldiers Cold War, and I really don't know why I downloaded that, because I played the demo of the original Toy Toy Soldiers. Yeah, exactly, it's free. Yeah, I played the original demo of Toy Soldiers and kind of liked it, but didn't really get into it. Yeah, Yeah, but I just like the the styling of this Cold War one. It's based on, like, 80s... Action movies. Action movies and toys as well. It's, like, very much a rip-off of the G.I. Joe logo and Top Gun kind of look about it. So I don't know, I've got that there. And I also picked up Motocross Madness, which I think was $1.99 in the sale, because I thought, yeah, that might be something that might be fun to play. It's a Avatar motocross racing game looking at the pictures, and I figured, what, two bucks? Not much, it's quite easy, yeah. Well, I picked up a bargain. You did? I think. Hopefully. Well, I picked up The Darkness 2. Yes. I was at um, EB Games, and it was $4. Brand new. I could have bought second-hand Darkness 1 for 12 but yeah, they're brand new. They had about six or seven copies there okay. for four bucks, and there was nothing else like ridiculously priced down. I thought reviewed actually quite well. But, um. Yeah, it's funny because when you sent me that message saying that you'd bought that, that was actually one of the things that was in the ultimate game sale, and I think it was about eighteen to buy mm. digitally. But four dollars for a disc, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, well, cheaper than a coffee. Did you like the first darkness? I never finished. Did you get to the bit where you can sit and watch To Kill a Mockingbird? No, I, that's why I'm going to be stupid and go out and buy twelve dollars for for the original now. Yeah, I, I quite like the fact that in the original game, like I didn't get as far as that. I played a little bit of it, but I it didn't really hook me. But there's a stage where the main character hangs out with his girlfriend and they watch a movie, and you can actually sit and watch you know, the full film of To Kill Which a Mockingbird. Awesome movie. Yeah. So maybe it's a unique way of seeing a film in a different way. It's kind of strange, isn't it? Mm. I, I don't know how they do it, whether you can like zoom in or whether you have to yeah, have your little <laughs> animated character in the corner watching the movie. Who knows? Cool. But, yeah. I'm very tempted to get it now, just for yeah. that weird little bit. Hmm. But there you go. Other than that, we've played a little bit more Gears of War Judgment together. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but we've... That's because we have been catching up on yeah, movies, we've been doing which a lot of other stuff. a challenge for next episode. Yes, next episode. So. Not a challenge. Watching movies is yes, a challenge. It is a challenge. Yeah. And... Yeah, we, we're enjoying Gears still, I think. Yeah, I like it. 
I think we finished the first part of the story. Yes. Yeah, it's the like two as, bits. ascension or judgment or something. I don't know. We've done one part anyway, so we'll we'll probably jump back into that. I've actually played a little bit of last month's freebie game, and that was Lara Croft Guardian of Light. I played through the first level of that. That's the isometric view game. Yeah, it's isometric. It is two player, but I've only been playing it solo. Um, kind of. I don't know, hey, it's it's different to a normal Tomb Raider game, and I think that's why they haven't actually put the Tomb Raider name on it. They've just called it Lara Croft. It's a little bit of combat, a little bit of jumping around, puzzle solving, climbing. Kind of fun. As I said, I, I spent probably about an hour and a half playing the first level, but I haven't gone back, as I do. I like to play things and then forget about it. I wish I was a poor gamer again, with not many games. Do you remember in the days when you'd you'd have to save up for ages and you'd buy your one game, or you'd get your one game for your birthday every year when you are a kid, and that game would pretty much last you till, last you till your next birthday or whatever, yeah. I remember when I first got my Xbox, I'd finish a game, then I'd buy another one. Brute Force. It was good. It was rewarding. I finished it, then I got another one. Now I just keep accumulating. I don't envy PC gamers with Steam accounts because they just must accumulate. Yeah. They just must yeah get games and not play anything. Just... Well, I I kind of fall into that trap with the Xbox sales. Like things come on sale, and I'm like, well, I've kind of heard good things about that. It's only you know a couple of dollars. I may as well buy. But I don't know. Speaking of that, though, I have actually finished two games. We mentioned that I'd been playing Diablo three with my wife, mm-hmm. and we have finished the second playthrough of Diablo three, and we're now on to our third playthrough. That's something Although, I can't do. Second playthroughs. I don't. I have too second many... playthrough of Borderlands. Just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we may have played Gears a few times. Yes. But I just, too many games. I, just, I yeah. can't. I'd love to. Like Dead Space all those years ago, I was like, I'd love to go playthrough 2 or New yeah. Game Plus and Arkham Asylum. I like to do New Game Plus, but I don't have time. Mm. Well, I do. I'm not making the time. Yeah. It's funny though, because we were playing second playthrough and we finished that. And then it gives you the option at the end saying, you've done that. Do you want to go through at a harder difficulty? And we're now in hell mode. And we'd pretty much played... Is that like hell all... track? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like and people cheat by cutting corners yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Ah, sliding. <laughs> and we, yeah, we played through all of the first act again. And we're like, well, we're not leveling very much and these baddies don't seem very hard. And then we realised that... Baddies. Baddies. What do you want to call them? <laughs> And yeah, we'd realised that we hadn't actually bumped it up to the next level. We were playing the, the second mode again. And then we're like, oh, bugger that. We've just wasted you know, three, four hours of gameplay. And we went back and redid it. And then we levelled a couple of times in very quick succession once we actually had harder enemies again. But yeah, so we're still enjoying Diablo 3. And also finishing games. My six-year-old and I actually finished the main story of Lego Batman 2. Mm-hmm. And as I am wont to do with my Lego games... You wanted I, that I, Exactly. I could have stopped. We'd finished the story. But I thought, I've got 785 achievements. I can probably go through and get the full thousand. So with a little bit of help with a couple of online facts, I've managed to go back and rescue all the citizens in peril and almost completed all of the levels getting like all of the hidden treasures and stuff and then I just need to finish the bonus level and I think I'm going to get my full thousand points out of this Lego game and I have unlocked every character except one because you get that from completing the bonus level and collecting all the gold bricks uh, Supergirl Mm. Shazam in it? yes he is he was one of the DLC characters I'm going to have to play him just to get him actually I bought them when they were on sale they had the Lego Batman 2 DLC characters on sale for 99 cents. So do you, what, is it a part of the story or you just get characters? No, they're just extra characters. Shazam, Black Mantra, Damian yeah. Wayne Robin and Nightwing, I think were one of the other DLC characters. Yeah. But yeah, most of the characters 
that you do pick up along the way are in the game and then there's other like rogues gallery characters that you so when you get someone like Shazam that you pay for he just has some attributes you can use is that yeah he's pretty much the equivalent of Superman he's got like he can fly and he's got lightning powers yeah lightning powers rather than laser eyes sort of thing so most of them fall into a certain character your basic Lego game is most characters will have an attribute Mm mm-hmm and once you've unlocked them, you go back through on free play and use that person's attribute to then unlock extra bits and collect the treasures and stuff. And they're all pretty much interchangeable. So you've got Marvel Lego to go. Yes, that's the next Which thing. It's going to be massive. Well, the characters are massive. Yeah, I think there's 250 characters in Marvel. I think there's probably only about half of that in Lego Batman. I think there was probably more characters in Lego Batman 1 than there is in Lego Batman really? 2. Yeah. But they're different. They were, in Lego Batman 1, they were purely your Batman characters yep. whereas this is your DC heroes so you've got all of your Justice League and you know more baddies and each one of the Justice League guys has their sort of equivalent baddie yep. so you've got Sinestro for Green Lantern and you've got um, which one for the Flash he's got a whole rogues gallery I don't know I'm not a huge Flash well, person Captain so Captain Cold yeah he's Captain in it Boomerang. Yes, uh, both of those are in it actually uh, Captain Cold and Captain Master. no I think just Captain Cold and Gorilla Captain Boomerang oh, actually he's in it too yeah. yes there you go yeah Flash has a pretty good rogues gallery yeah. Well, there was a lot of people, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't really know who he belongs to. Who else was there? Hush? He's a Batman yep. character, isn't he? And Superman had Brainiac and Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor's one of the main characters yep. in the game anyway. Has it got Snapper Car? No. Oh, he was like a mascot of the Justice League back in the 60s. Oh, okay. He was just a dude, like you hang out and he'd snap his fingers. That's pretty snap cool. Car. That was him. No, he's And no superpowers. Okay. But no, it's quite funny because um, Cyborg's in it. And my yep. six-year-old keeps calling him Coburg rather than Cyborg, <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, but yeah, we enjoyed that. As I said, I'm, I'm stuck in that habit now of playing it by myself when my kid's in bed and trying to unlock everything. So you're cheating on your son. I'm really cheating. On your son. But it's good, though, because... He's going to think you don't love him. I will unlock people, and the next time we play, I'll be like, hey, look who I've unlocked, and he'll be quite excited about it. So. Okay. He's, I, I think he's getting into the superhero things and, and even my little three-year-old now wants to be Green Lantern and we've made like... he loves the movie. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Brian Reynolds is the greatest actor of his generation. So, yes. But anyway, enough about Batman. Other than that, I haven't really been doing a lot of Xbox gaming. I know you've finally had a chance to check out Disney Infinity. Uh, yes, the wife and I got down and... Um had a game and i mean only early days we played for about an hour hour and a half and i still don't know what it is <laughs> it, it's oh, they, they suck you in nicely you've you get given three characters with the game you get Mon- uh, monsters in character an incredibles and a jack sparrow okay so you can run around in the global open world toy box mode so you can run around and do whatever yeah there's stuff there there's baddies you can throw shit at or whatever that's fine <laughs> actual poo don't think so no it's disney yeah. But you can go into world building mode and you can take bits away, put a mountain in here, put a tree here, you can do all this sort of stuff. So you can sort of make your own, there's basketball courts and soccer goals and, and you pick up things along the way which add to your chest of things you can play with. So you can, oh it's a new tree or a new rock or a new this. So you can, like Minecraft I guess, build a world. So you do that aspect and then you go to the hub world or whatever you want to call it where you can, from there you can go to your trophy area which will show you what you've completed and done or you can go to your world so when with the sully character from monsters inc you can go to monsters university okay. there's a game there 
but this is where they suck you in. True player game, you want to go you Jack Sparrow with you, it's like, no, 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 no. Only Monsters yeah, University you, characters have to come. You mentioned this so briefly last last episode that yeah. you, so you, they've done that. There are challenge modes you can go and play these different aspects, and each character has its own one, but you can take other people in with you. Yeah. But then there's the world. Yeah, we haven't really explored it enough to know exactly what we're doing. And have you now. bought any extra characters yet? Oh, uh, we've got a villain's kit just so we could have one of each so yep. we could go and do others but we haven't even opened the box yet oh okay so we just sort of ran around and had a bit of a look and that was fine I have bought a pack of discs the collectible aspect of yep. this where you buy blind bagged pack it with two discs in it and these like discs it's almost and you put them in under your characters or whatever yep. and it gives them an attribute oh, okay. it's like a jet pack or it changes the background like we got one and it turns everything nightmare before Christmas thing Okay. So everything goes to night time and the backgrounds change. Yeah. So it's a visual change. Another one we got is a rare one and it's Condor Man. So it's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, so you get a, uh, a glider pack that goes on your back. So there when you, you jump off something, you can flap and glide around a bit as opposed to just falling. Yeah. So <laughs> it could be really good. Like the collector in me wants to just buy more of these things. Even though I'm not playing the game, I just want to get more. But there's only so many out at the moment. Yeah. Like you can actually yeah, buy it's... a folder that they all fit in so there's not that many but this is where they could really expand the game to me and sell it by just giving me crazy obscure where, rare even shit. the figures is kind of full on as well though isn't it well there's not that many they just released a new one which is the Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey but okay. what I'm gathering is I think I should buy it because I think they're limited oh okay because there was a Jack Skellington from Night Before Christmas yeah I've not seen for sale it's not around it's gone it's been and gone yeah so if you want that character you've got to pay a high price on eBay. So I've oh, seen okay. it for around 30, 40 bucks on eBay where they're normally around 17, 18 bucks. Yeah. So it's like, and I noticed one website I went to where I buy some games and that had the Mickey's already sold out. So okay. I was like, maybe yeah. not that I really want to get stuck into this, but wow. Okay. So they might be shortchanging people on this. Yeah, Seems silly, but maybe it makes people buy them because yeah. I look at Skylanders and how big their roster, roster yeah because I think there's about 200 and something Skylanders I wouldn't be surprised there's yeah. so many it's like wow okay yeah. but Disney is keeping it in check balancing it out but I heard someone told me how true it is I don't know that Disney are going to do Star Wars and Marvel with this well they own the rights to it so I can't see that why they could wouldn't be the oops yeah, exactly <laughs> take my money now so yeah we'll see so I'd be interesting I'll... to check that out actually because like when you put them on the docking station do they like just spring to life on the screen sort of thing oh, pretty much yeah, it'd be interesting to check that out. Like Skylanders do that, and the nephews have. I watch them play, and they yeah. sort of, you know, bell of light and bells and whistles. They turn up and they disappear when you rip it off the. That's cool. Thing. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Well, I have actually done a little bit of other gaming. Mm-hmm. I channeled my inner nerd, and I was reminiscing about an old tabletop game that I used to play when I was younger called Chainsaw Warrior, which was a single-player card-based. RPG sort of thing where you had a character that was armed with his chainsaw and a couple of other weapons going through a slum of New York killing zombies and for some reason I just had this sort of pangs of reminiscence about playing that in the late 80s it was by Games Workshop so the same people that do Warhammer and just marketed as a little river band yeah I don't think I was quite that bad reminiscing no not quite that you can play the music at the end of the I can but yeah I was sort of looking at that and I was wondering if it was still available and I actually noticed on the wiki that there's an app version of it I actually downloaded the app and I've been playing a little bit of that and if you're an old school rolling dice type card RPG nerd you might get a little bit out of Chainsaw Warrior that's how you roll that's how I roll exactly 
So yes, I've been playing a little bit of that. My wife had a, a brief look at it because she saw it on her iPad because we share an iTunes account, so anything I download pops up on hers and vice versa. She called you a nerd punch you in the dick? Well, pretty much. She looked at it and saw the initial setup of, you know, roll two dice for this guy and two dice for, like, this attribute. How do you roll a dice? You press a button and it rolls on the screen and you have, like, a little animation on your iPad that you shows you dice rolling. Or you don't no. shake your iPad. No, it's not like Yahtzee. But she had a look and she was like, oh, it's just too much and didn't even bother playing it. But yeah, it's something I can play that will take me away from Candy Crush. Well, I, I did. I, It's gone now, unfortunately. I've got, and that's why I'm scared to update my iPad because I've got... Flappy Bird? No. No, that's the sort of game that would make me want to kill. I've got, I had it on my iPad and the iPhone, but I've updated the operating system on my iPhone, so it's gone now. Whereas my iPad, it doesn't. So it's still there. So I'm scared to update it because I don't want to lose it because it's not in the iTunes store anymore. And that's Dominion, which is a card-based... It's f- quite recent. It's not an old one, but it's a tabletop card-based game. Actually, I've got that, and I think I have updated, and it's still there. So okay. you well, might I've be lost okay. it on my phone. Oh, okay. When I went through all that iTunes trouble and I reformatted my phone, it yep. went, and it's gone. No, oh, okay, now you can't download it again. Yeah, Dominion, it, it, that did take over a lot of my time just yep. playing that. So, But yeah, it's a shame I can't do it anymore because oh, okay. Candy Crush is still taking over my life. But uh, I wouldn't mind Dominion just to break that up a little bit. But yeah. yes. Hmm. Where did he go? So I, I must have been not official. I'm assuming that's why it would be gone. Maybe. It was it looked, free, wasn't it? Yeah. And it looked official. Everything. I mean, all the artwork's there, but I suppose I could scan things in. But yeah, exactly. It looked pretty mm. like the real thing. There's plenty of Dominion deck building apps. Yeah, well, because that was actually based on a real, like, physical card game, wasn't yes. it, Dominion? I don't know. Maybe I should open up my app and make sure it still works. Oh, it probably is. Hmm. Surely I just fucked up my phone. Maybe. Who knows? Mm. Well, other than gaming, I've been watching a little bit of TV. Yeah. I finally got around to watching the first season of Sherlock. Yeah. And I did mention this last episode when we were talking about how the new season of Sherlock was on, and I was like, well, maybe I should bite the bullet. Mm-hmm. So I've actually sat down and watched the three episodes of the whole first season. Yes. And? and I think I liked it. I really liked Martin Freeman as Watson. Yep. I wasn't sure if I liked Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Heck, it's not. Well... As I said to you, it's like, he's a bit of a twat. And then you said, well, Sherlock's meant to be a bit of a twat, so maybe he's doing it well. And, well, I don't have much of a background knowledge of Sherlock. I've seen a few of the, like, old-timey type Sherlock movies, but I've never been a massive fan. Mm. I kind of like the reboot with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't sure if I would like the modern telling of Sherlock but I actually quite do I, I, I really enjoyed it the first episode I was kind of not sure and then by the time I'd watched the second episode I was like yeah I think I like this so I've now watched all of that first season and I'm ready to jump into the second season excellent yeah so I don't know why I waited so long but there you go oh well, that's fine I mean I was a, I, I was kind of a Sherlock fan but without being into it yeah and then when the show came along I watched it and then the Robert Downey movies were out and it was great but I had, and then for another podcast, I actually did a lot of Sherlock Holmes research. And in that, I watched as many movies as I could get my hands on. I listened to all the BBC radio dramas. I didn't actually read anything. That's just silly, crazy talk. But I've become a massive Holmes fan since. So because of that, I've got... Everything. uh, Lots. I mean, I've read comics now. Just because there's one... The beauty of Sherlock Holmes is you can set him like the modern day is the Benedict Cumberbatch set now. You could, Batman and Robin is essentially Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. House is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's called House. 
Yeah. Not Holmes. I mean, it's exactly. that much. He leaves at 221B. I mean, it's, it's all there. He's got a Vicodin addiction as opposed to everything else. Yeah. It, it's, that is a pure homage to Holmes. So many, you can just take that Sherlock Holmes story and just modernize it and twist it and take it and do whatever. So there's a comic I'm reading at the moment called Watson and Holmes, and it's set in New York with two black protagonists. Okay. In modern day. It's like, that's cool. And there's another comic I'm reading called Moriarty, where it's all like, Moriarty also didn't die at the Reichenberg Falls, and he sort of faked his death and came back, and basically he's been on the land for a while, just being this career criminal and helping, and then he's got to come out of retirement to sort of do something. And it's like, this is kind of funky too. So I'm willing to take anything, like I'm not canonical as far as it has to be Arthur Conan Doyle, and that's it. Yeah. I, like, I mean, my wife and I really like watching Elementary. And the stories themselves are pretty naff. Yeah. But uh, Donnie Lee Miller's a great Sherlock as well. So is that set modern or is that... Yeah, set New York. Yeah. Basically, the guys who made the English modern one, they went yep. to America saying, we'll do a new show here and they're going this and that and they're going, oh, no, fuck you, we'll just make it one. Oh, okay. And they did. So it's a bit... I don't like that side of it, but hey, I'm, I don't care. I like... If it's good homes, I'm, I'm going to watch it. So yeah, give me Robert Downey, give me Benedict, give me Johnny Lee. I'm, okay. The funny thing is though, that Danny Boyle directed a play of Frankenstein in, in England. Yeah. And it was... Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch as the monster and Frankenstein. Okay. But they'd swap roles every night and they played the monster or doctor every time. So that was pretty cool. Kind of cool. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, massive Holmes nut now. Okay. Well, it's probably good that I've been watching Sherlock Holmes because it's probably a little bit more highbrow than the rest of the stuff I've been subjecting myself to lately. For some reason, I've got stuck on a fishing show by the name of Off the Hook Extreme Fishing, purely for the fact that TNA wrestler Eric Young is the host of it, and I'd heard him on a couple of podcasts, and he'd mentioned the fact that he was doing this fishing show, and I was flicking through my Foxtel a little while ago, and I noticed that Animal Planet, actually Discovery, one of them, is showing it here, so I thought, I'll give that a go, it might be something I can watch with the kids around. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got hooked. No pun intended. <laughs> you intended <laughs> I probably did. So basically, it's just Eric Young wandering around America, meeting strange rednecks and learning how to go shotgun fishing for catfish or you know, deep water diving with free masks and stuff like that. It's just a strange dynamic of this big muscle dude going fishing. Okay. And I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, I'm not a big fishing person. I don't think I've been fishing since I was in primary school, but something about his personality just made me want to watch this fishing show. And again, my six-year-old sits there watching it with me, and he's now quite excited about watching the fishing he's show with me as hooked well. Hooked as well. He is hooked They've as well. They've got their hooks in. They have got their hooks. It's funny because there was one episode we were watching the other day where he was doing diving underneath the ice of some frozen river in Canada. Mm-hmm. And my son was all excited watching it with me and... At one stage, Eric got a little bit uh, confused under the water and didn't know which way he was meant to be swimming to get back to his air hole. And my son's like, oh, is he going to be all right? Is, is he, you know, is he going to get out? And I was like, well, I think so, because this is reruns of the first season and we already know that there's a second season. So, but yes, he got, he got out from under the water and he managed to get himself a fish while he was under there too. So Good on you, Eric. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you're laughing at me, but I'm sure if you watched it, you'd enjoy it too. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure you would. And the other thing I've been watching, speaking of bad TV, I got hooked, no pun intended again, on Rachel and Guy Celebrity Cook-Off, which was a little six-episode celebrity cooking competition that's just wrapped up. 
its third season. I hadn't watched any of the previous seasons. Real celebrities? Real celebrities. Well, the majority of them were real celebrities. Mm. I'm quite a big Pendulette fan. Yep. They? And he'd been talking on his podcast about how he was going to be on this show. And then as the shows were airing, he was then discussing the episodes on his show. And I thought, well, maybe I should give it a go. Because I do quite like Penn. Yep. So, yeah, this season just gone, there was 80s pop star Tiffany. Is she a gear up? No. No. She still looks pretty good, though. She'd be in her 40s, but... She still looks alright. And speaking of 80s pop stars, there was Vanilla Ice, who was just a bit of a knob. (laughs) No, thankfully he didn't. Although he is a vegetarian, so he struggled a little bit with some of the cooking. He also sang Go Ninja Go, the ninja rat from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, in a recent commercial for macaroni and cheese in America. There you go. So maybe he's going all foodie on us. Well, they had to kind of give their food creations names. And a lot of stuff that he did had ninja in the title. (laughs) He made ninja tofu chicken buffalo wings with no chicken. Sounds good. Yeah, they kind of... buffalo tofu, it's good. Yeah, he kind of cut these triangles of tofu and stuck paddle pop sticks in them and deep fried them. Sounds awesome. Yeah, they were kind of cool. But who else was on it? That was Florence Henderson, the mum from Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. She got a gear up. No, thankfully. And... Still looks all right. uh, Comedian Judy Gold, who I hadn't heard of before. Chris Kattan. Yeah? He didn't What's get he his gear off either. I don't think he's doing anything. No, no, no. He's but, getting all those cocky Romero um, royalty checks. Well, at one stage they were making Mai Tais and mango. he was putting mango in them and he <laughs> kept making reference to the fact that he was mango. And yeah, there was Penn, there was football player Herschel Walker, uh, some dude that was on The Bachelor. I'm sure I'm missing someone here, probably. There, were, there was eight people to start with, but... Um, eight? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. And Rachel Ray was the host. It was Rachel Ray and Guy Fieri. <laughs> Rachel Ray's like this American started off doing cooking shows and then got her own like talk show. I think she was the first Latin American person to win an Emmy. Okay. She's quite famous. Oh, fair enough. Not bad looking either. Looks a bit like a grown-up version of Selena Gomez. Oh. So, yes, you'd probably appreciate that. Oh. But anyway, so, yeah, that's just finished, so I've been watching that. And that's about my TV watching. The, a lot of the stuff that I'm a fan of is just starting up again in the States. So we've just got Valleys. a new... Yes, I think there's rumours that it was meant to be starting. I haven't actually noticed any ads for it on MTV yet. (laughs) The new series of Tosh.0 has just started, but we haven't actually watched the first one yet. Amazing Race has just started again in the States, and they've got an all-star season this one, so looking forward to that. But that's me. What about you, Mitch? I've actually been been watching TV. Highbrow TV like mine? Um, Some. Not all. We'll start with the highbrow and work backwards, (laughs) shall we? We just watched Broadchurch, which was a British cop drama I suppose you'd call it it's a small town in England on the coast and a young boy is found dead on the beach and a new detective is due to come into town that day so basically come in and he's investigating this murder and it's a town that basically there's a lot of secrets not Mm -hmm. not quite as quirky as Twin Peaks but in that same way that Twin Peaks sort of you know Came in to investigate Laura Palmer's murder, but everybody had a story. Yeah. You know, it's 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 nowhere near as quirky as that. It's quite sad and, yeah, harrowing in a lot of ways. It's okay. Slow-paced, eight episodes, hour-long episodes. Yeah. Doctor Who, David Tennant is in it. Doctor Who's Rory is in it as well. So, different era of Doctors, but still, they're there. Okay. And it's really good. Like, you sort of, who did it? Like, we watched it. It's eight episodes. We watched two episodes at a time for, in four goes. Yeah. So, basically, we watched one. It's like, oh, another one? Yeah, right, Okay. And then it was got to last night, we finished it, and we finished the first episode, and it was like quarter past ten, and Sally's like, what time is it? Do you want to finish it? Yes. All right, because heavily pregnant at the moment, and very tired, but she was like, no, no, let's finish this bastard, because oh, okay. we can't, 
like we would, I would have loved, I would have sat, if it was up to me, I would have stayed up stupid late a few nights and powered through it just because I would have hated to have seen it once a week. Yeah. But getting through it in a two or three week period that we did mm. quite good. And I think Americans are remaking it. Okay. I think with David Tennant still in the role right. or something, but interesting and very sad, very you know, you don't feel great at okay. the end or anything, but kind of funky. And okay. something else, speaking of English TV, I did get a bit nostalgic and I was thinking about it recently and I mentioned it to a friend that I was thinking about the Famous Five and I can't find torrents of it anywhere to find <laughs> the old 1978 English TV show based on the End and Blighton books. And he goes, have you got a USB stick? I was like, oh, <laughs> next thing you know, I've got all the Famous Five. So I've been watching that. And fuck me, it's annoying. Yeah, I've read a few Famous Five books when I was a kid. I was more of a Secret Seven person. Is that more older? No, I think Secret Seven's younger. Oh, okay, I don't know Secret Seven. Because they're yeah. books, I don't read books. So well, my six-year-old's just starting to get into that sort of okay. stuff now. Like We've read him one Secret Seven book, but the books themselves are very dated in their writing style. Really? Yes. Rather. They are rather. Yes. Well, lashings of lemonade before we go and have a picnic. <laughs> yes. yes. And I, I can imagine that the TV show would be quite dated now too. It's, although when you did mention it, I had a very vivid memory of how the theme song went. And then we looked up the, the intro theme on YouTube and it was almost exactly how I remembered it. And I probably haven't seen that. And you're since... better than me and I've been watching episodes. I know, but I had probably hadn't seen it since I was a kid. But obviously when I was a kid, I watched a lot of it to There's remember only something that. like 20 something episodes. Because oh, it was quite popular, I read some trivia on it, and basically the Inner Blightness State gave permission to make the episodes, and when they'd run out of stories based on the books, they were going to write their own stories, and the estate said, no, nope, you're not writing anything non-canonical, oh, okay. so that's why there's only so many. And they remade it, I found out, when looking for more. There's actually a, I think it's mid-90s series, yeah, Famous I think... Five, but that's more period, so it's set in the 40s, 50s, yeah. where the 78 one is set in, in the 70s. 78. But... You wouldn't know it. But when were they written? They were written in the 40s. Between the they? 40s to the early 60s, I think. It's over an 18-year period or something. Stupid. Yeah. It, uh, it's interesting, though, because I know reading The Secret Seven, it's very different to how you expect things to be now. Like, you know, they, they live with a housekeeper, and the housekeeper does everything. Even though the mother doesn't work, the housekeeper's still there making them their breakfast and stuff like that. And it's like well, very primitive. Well, Famous Five is, in the, going by the first episode, starting to put my ears and graces on speaking about <laughs> these English people. You've got Julian, Dick, and Anne. George and stay, Timmy the dog. Yeah. Go Just and like stay with George and Timmy her dog. And they live in Kieran Island, I think it is. Or off Kieran Island. Yeah. And her dad's a scientist who does science. They don't really explain what he does, but it's always science, and he does it for the government because it's like the first episode he got kidnapped and they saved him thanks to the Timmy the dog. Timmy fucking does everything, by the way. If it wasn't for the dog, they'd all be fucking dead that many times. See, I think that's where the difference between the Famous Five and the Secret Seven. The Famous Five actually, the dog's part of the Five, isn't he? Yeah, whereas in the, Famous Five, the, yeah, he's whereas, one of the Five. Whereas the Secret Seven, there's seven people and a dog. Oh, so yes. So but, really, they could be the famous eight. <laughs> Secret eight. <laughs> Secret eight, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway. But, so, because I've been watching a few in a row, because this is just on while I'm doing something else, I'll put it on. And the plots are so fucking similar. Now, I assume if you wait two years or eight months or something for the next book to come out and you read one, it will be exciting and everything. Yeah. But watching them back to back, it's the same fucking plot. It's just someone else has kidnapped somebody or found a secret passage. And if it wasn't for the fucking dog fighting their way back in the dark, they'd be screwed. Yes. And it's like, again, and there's the comic strip presents, which was Rick Mail and Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders, Adrian Emerson, a lot yep. of the, that era of comedy. 
they actually did a piss take of the famous five called Five Go Mad at Dorset. And it's so true. Yeah. Like you go back and watch we watched a bit yeah, of it. Yeah, we watched a way. bit of it on YouTube. And it's way. just so spot on. Yeah. Like this the mentality of everything. The fact that the cops turn up at the last minute once everything's done and the adults are useless. But now watching it is ridiculous. But I totally get why I loved it at the time. And yeah. growing up in the suburbs of Australia, which is in my house was built in 1970 and all the other 73 and all the other houses around me were built around the same area. There were no secret passages. There's no malls <laughs> down the road. You know, it's, it's, it's suburbia. Yep. So watching these kids, they're just endlessly going camping. Like, no parental guidance. They're just like, fuck it, we're getting in a caravan and we're talking a caravan like gypsies. We're talking horse-drawn wooden caravans. <laughs> and they just, we're going off here. And they find a circus. And they camp nearby. And make friends. They just work up. There's a kid their age. They all become friends. Get him brought in a mystery. And yeah. solve it. And it's great. They just, oh, they sneak out. They just, and find things, secret treasures or whatever. And I realised I had a fascination with torches as young. And it was from this show. Because... <laughs> They'd go out adventuring and they had these special torches. Like, not special as in they were really powerful. They were just rectangular as opposed to circle. And I thought they were the coolest things ever and I remembered watching it again. But I loved having a torch. Like, as a to- it was, I had toys, but a torch was something else. It wasn't a toy. It was functional. I could do things with this. And I wanted to go on adventures. I wanted to find secret passages. We had none in my house, unfortunately. But just going and... Uh, just, these adventures they were having just look so awesome and we actually went to England a couple of years ago with my wife for her pen pal's wedding yeah. and we stayed with her auntie and uncle who live in I suppose you'd call it a mansion it's a big fuck off house yeah like from turn of the century England and did you go searching for secret passages I didn't go searching but I did ask her cousin I said <laughs> is there any secret passage he goes yeah but I can't tell you because I want to be secret anymore and I was like, fuck, apparently there was a passage under the house somewhere. Okay. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. But when he said I couldn't see it, I sort of didn't look because I thought that's a bit rude. You could but have snuck out. I should have. I, if I had a torch, torch, I would have. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, it's a different, it's a very fantasy world that doesn't exist around me. So just having those adventures, like literally just go camping. Like just go off. No parents. Just, yeah, fuck it. We're going down the road camping with strange people. No okay. one cares back then. Mm. Couldn't do it nowadays. No. But, yeah, so that has piqued my interest in my history. It's not a great show. And no. the acting's terrible. Like, some of the takes they were doing, couldn't you get them to calm down a little? I mean, child actors, and they're not very good. Well, they do say never work with children and animals. Well, Tommy's awesome, but... Timmy, sorry. Timmy's awesome, but the rest... Uh, really inappropriate, too. Like, <laughs> one of the actors, like the oldest one, Julian, he's like the, the older leader of the group. There was one where they were just coming out of the water, they were swimming in the creek, and he's just standing there posing in his, in his speedos, and I was like, that looks just weird. <laughs> Bad question. But you rewound and watched it. No. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. So, yes, I've been watching a bit of English TV. Okay. But, yeah, so. but as the year has finally sort of kicked in, we're coming at it, I don't know what it's like around the world, but in Australia, you get, we get an off ratings period, so yep. there's no ratings going on. I don't know how that matters. So all the sport's over, so all the TV shows are starting back up again. I understand people who make TV need a break. So on our free-to-air, not even free-to-air, what would you call it, community TV here, which we call Channel 31. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, it's, yeah. you Public access. Public actually. access, yes. And there's some computer gaming shows on that. So there's Player Attack and New Game Plus, which are two I really enjoy watching. It talks about computer games and it's quite amateurish, but they're quite professionally made okay. compared to some. 
And it's quite funny because we st- good game started last week, which is the ABC, the National Broadcasters version, which we watch on a regular basis. Yeah. And we watched it last week. And you think, first week back, so you've got all the news for the last three months. Now, all right, you don't want to go too old because it's old news. But we sort of watched it and it was a bit meh. Yeah, like, we used to be really into good game. It was like every Tuesday night we'd watch it. Mm. And now it's kind of like it's on and we... Talk through it. Talk through it and fast forward through the games we yeah, don't like. Which is stuff. funny because Player Attack and New Game Plus, again, fast forward through games that are not interesting, but they just seem more for me, maybe. Yeah, I think the problem is the good games got so big now, they're kind of Bored. too good for themselves. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. So that's that's my TV. Okay. And what about movies, Mitch? Guess where I've been. The Aster? Yeah. Yeah, we nothing old this time. It was just saving Mr. Banks. It's just it was finished at the cinemas, but luckily we got a screening in there. So probably our last cinema outing before Baby comes along, and Sally really wanted to see it. So I was like, yeah, let's go. And it was her birthday last week, so it was part of her birthday present. Okay. And Mr. That's Saving Mr. Banks is all about Walt Disney trying to get the writer of Penelope Travers of mary poppins to basically sign that he spent 20 years trying to get her to sign the rights over okay so he could make the movie and she was just very stubborn and it wasn't meant to be it was like mary poppins is not to be a movie i don't like animation i don't want you to make it no songs no animation so she's quite a bitter woman really and it's quite a good movie um she's actually australian which i didn't know she grew up in queensland she lived in England. Colin Farrell was her dad. Well, not really. In the in the TV show, Colin Farrell played her dad. Yeah, he's quite good. Tom yeah. Hanks plays uh, Walt Disney. Walt Disney and Emma Thompson plays Penelope. Okay. So you get flashbacks to her as a kid in Australia. You've got the whole her in working with the writers and songwriters for working on the script for the movie, and it's quite good. Like the true story is, she hated the movie. Like she didn't want to sell it. She went over there with basically you know getting it out of her system with no intention of ever selling it. Obviously, she did. The movie got made. Yeah. But um, the movie did quite well in not sugarcoating anything. It, uh, it probably was sugarcoated a bit, but it's not typical Disney fare. It's like everything's smelling of roses. Okay. And, you know, she hated the movie. But you sort of get that at the end of the film. Like, you, they don't they don't rewrite history there. It's sort of like, oh, yeah, you did, you did well in ending it. So it was quite enjoyable. I really liked it. I've heard Tom Hanks is quite good. Yeah, I don't really know what Walt's like. I mean, I have seen bits and pieces of him on the Wonderful World of Disney and things like that, but he's entertaining. It's Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so... Okay. I saw that. Another one I saw, which is great, which is Philomena, which is up for the Academy Award this year, with Steve Coogan and Dame Judi Dench, which I wasn't planning on really seeing, because I saw the trailer, and whether I took notice or not, it didn't sell me the picture that it was going to be. Yeah, I've heard a few reviews of it, and a lot of people have been in that same sort of mind that it wasn't what they were expecting. Which is good, because it's so much better picture than what I was expecting it to be. It's awesome. Like yeah. I, I hope it wins Best Picture. I don't know many of the other films that are out at the moment, and how the Academy picks Best Film is, is strange. Like yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, it's Oliver Stone, it's this, it's that... 12 Years a Slave, probably going to be up there just because of subject matter and being in America versus, I wouldn't call it a little picture, but this English picture. You know, it's a, essentially a two-hander. Yeah. You know, with that. I, I, I thought it was fascinating and, and amazing. And Steve Coogan's great and Judy Dench is Judy Dench. Yeah, exactly. Like, and she's playing opposite role because everything I've seen her in lately, she's confident and strong. Like, you've seen her as a queen, where she, for 15 minutes, she was in a movie and that, she won the Oscar for it. Yeah. Or she's, you know, M. 
yeah, in the Bond, James Bond. Yeah. You know, she's very capable, very strong, and she's not that. Oh, okay. She's just playing a mum. Okay. And she's amazing. And Steve Coogan's very much Steve Coogan, but it's it's good. Um, oh, that's yeah, good. so I can't recommend it enough. I'm not going to say anything more. Yeah. I'm just, it's just highly recommended. Okay. And that might be something worth checking out. I would recommend. What about you? Well, I've caught up with a couple of newish releases. A lot of people were raving about the movie Inner World, so I thought I would give that a go. Are they raving or just talking about it? Um, well, there's a few podcasts I've listened to where they really get excited about it. Okay. And I went into it thinking it was actually a documentary, but it's not. Oh, I always thought that. When yeah. you told me it wasn't, it's like, oh, I thought because it's like a voiceover about the voiceover guy in Hollywood. And it's made by his daughter. So I thought it was a doco. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a doco as well, but it's not. It's actually a scripted movie. Basically. I'm less interested now. Yeah, bits of it were good. Bits of it were kind of, I could live or, you know, live without. Mm -hmm. Lake Bell was kind of good. She's the main uh, writer of it and the main actress in it. Mm. I'm sure she's from something. I knew the name, but I, I didn't really recognize her. Uh, who else is it? Rob Condry's in it and Dimitri Martin in a serious role. But yeah, I'm basically it's she is the daughter of a famous voiceover person. And there's also the other famous voiceover person that does trailers has just died and all these other voiceover actors are trying to vie to be the next person to get to use the in a world tagline yeah and she gets picked up to do like what's i think it's meant to be like a hunger Games sort of movie that she gets to do the trailer of and they make a big deal about the fact that she's the first woman to be able to do a movie trailer i'm less interested in that yeah it, when it, i thought it was a doco about voiceover artists i thought that sounds good it, i think it would have been better if it was a doco yeah. I, I don't know but yeah i i'm kind of glad i watched it but i didn't enjoy it if that makes sense mm-hmm. on the other hand i did watch Hot Tub Time Machine? Yes, which is a movie that is so much better than it deserves to be with a title of Hot Tub Time Machine. Yes. It's it's weird because I'm quite a big John Cusack fan going back to his movies in the 80s. And this is good because it's John Cusack going back to the 80s. And I think it was good as well because he's not really the main star of the movie. He probably gets top billing on it, but it's not really about him. Again, it's Rob Condry and just the story of some people that go back in time to the 80s and have to try and relive their night that they had in the 80s to get back to the future. No pun intended. (laughs) But yeah, I really enjoyed it. The music was good. The acting was good. Some of the sort of set pieces in it were good. Crispin Glover. Yeah, he was great. (laughs) And some of the little, you know, wrinkles in time, if they do this, things will change type stuff without saying any spoilers but yeah again it's a movie that i'd had sitting around for a while and i'd never got around to watching and i thought well i was gonna watch uh, actually i was gonna watch dallas buyers club on the weekend and i thought no I, I don't really feel like something heavy i'll watch something a bit more light-hearted so yeah i, I chucked that on and really enjoyed it hmm. but uh, also this weekend speaking of fairly new releases and movies that weren't what i was expecting i watched empire state which is uh, liam hemsworth in i think his first proper starring role and Dwayne Johnson and it's basically a period piece of Liam Helmsworth tries to become a cop and gets knocked back from the police academy and decides he's going to be a security guard and then finds that the security company that he's working for is a bit lax with their security and ends up talking to one of his mates who decides they should go and rob the vault of this security company and steal a shitload of money and yeah Liam Helmsworth is the security guard and The Rock is the detective that's doing the investigation. Okay. 
and well when I say The Rock it's very much Dwayne Johnson he is not The Rock in this movie okay like if, he is acting it's it's badly acted yeah. it's kind of badly written but it was interesting just to watch The Rock in a role where he's not like the over he's the top playing a 6 foot 8 machine no it could have been anyone in that role really it was quite strange that he's like this big muscly dude when he doesn't need to be and yeah he really wasn't like what you'd expect the rock to be like if you if you go into this thinking you know he's a policeman it's going to be hobbs from the fast and furious movies completely different okay it's quite slow paced not a lot of action but yeah it it was all right it was it was short so i was happy with that (laughs) and if that's the best thing i could say about it it's probably not worth yeah well that's that's the problem i was like i'm trying to watch all the academy award films before the Academy Awards, and I'm looking at the running time on them, 167 minutes, 173 minutes, I'm like, I'll oh, get fucked. Yeah, I think this is about 94 minutes, nice. and it's probably a good thing, because if it was any longer than that, yeah. it probably would have dragged too much. Well, I watched a couple other films as well, I watched Machete Kills, speaking of in and out, get it done fast. Yeah. It is, it's it's almost like the 90s films it should have been, like, it's, I know it's very 80s, it's very 70s, it's yeah. like, it's that pastiche of exploitation cinema. Yeah. But it's got a lot of CGI blood. It's very gruesome, but it's not real blood. It's CGI blood. But it's fun. Like, it was in and out. I didn't have to think about it. Is Robert De Niro in this one? No. Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. Robert De Niro's in the first machete? Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen either of the machetes, so... Um, this one, I think, is better. Just quicker. The other one sort of was too trying to be like a 70s film, where yeah. this one had the pacing a bit better. And you just... You didn't rest at any point. Oh, okay. Yeah, and... It, it's a bit of fun. You had like cameos with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Antonio Banderas and Lady Gaga all playing the chameleon. El chameleon. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was fun. But on the other side of that, I did watch... Remember how last episode I talked about watching Wages of Fear and Sorcerer? Yep. That was based on a recommendation of a friend. So I, I was talking to that friend and I said, all right, I'll watch those two movies. Give me other recommendations of the film. So we rattled off a big list of movies. So one of those was The Man with the Golden Arm, directed by Mr. Freeze from the Batman TV series Otto Preminger. Okay. Probably known for his Academy Award winning films that he directed, but I know it was Mr. Freeze. But he, The Man with the Golden Arm is a 60s film with Frank Sinatra, playing a guy who just gets out of jail, who's a dealer of cards in illegal card games, who is a junkie. Okay. Which I didn't expect in that era of film. But, hmm. like, this was just before they changed the rules, so it didn't get a proper release when it first came out because they couldn't show drug use or those sort of things back then, but yeah. the, the year after they could. So it actually get, it got released with a special caveat or something stupid like that. Yeah, he used to go... He goes to see a guy and gets shot up, you know, basically shoots up in... Gives him his $5. It's called cheap heroin back then, but... <laughs> You know, and he gets the shakes and everything. Okay. Because he's, be, he's trying to go straight and yeah. become a musician and be a drummer. And basically, yeah, he needs a fix. And the the beauty in it is like when we watched The Warriors years ago, I found, oh, that's where the soundbite from the Popolita song comes from. I'm watching Man with the Golden Arm and he ends up being thrown in jail. And there's a guy who's strung out and he sort of runs out, grabs the bars and he goes, give me a fix, I need a fix, give me a fix. And it's like, that's from the Ministry song. Okay. <laughs> so, well, that was fun. That was a nice little Easter egg that I got out of the, watching the movie. But yeah, Frank could act. I was just about to ask you that. I was going to say, can Frank Sinatra act? Yeah, he could act. Well, I got an Academy Award once. What else has he From Ryan's Express, I think. Okay. He was in the Oceans films. The original? Yeah. Oh. He was in a lot of Brad Pack movies, but yeah, he won the Academy Award. 
Yeah, I'd, see, I thought all those Brat Pack movies were just a... Oh, that, he wouldn't have got it for that. No, 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 no. no. But, I mean, The Godfather. Have you seen The Godfather? No. Well, there's a storyline in that where there's an old has-been singer. Well, not has-been, but, you know, he was his career was on the downturn. He yep. was a big name, and he wanted to get a movie role that he wasn't going to get. And he goes to Don Corleone saying, you know, this this could get me back. This role, if I know it, can you pull some strings and this and that. Essentially, that's alluding to a Frank Sinatra. Well, everyone did say that Frank had his uh, yeah. mafia connections. So, essentially, I guess that's blatantly saying there, Frank got a role that got in the Academy Award, which got him back on track. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really impressed. I'm, I'm liking going through this list of films that my mate's given me. So, I mean, I've seen half of them, so that's fine, but... Yeah, this one I've I knew I've knew it was famous because of the music and the soul bass intro. Yeah, but that's about it. So okay. I had no idea what I was in for. I was like, "What's a golden arm?" And it's because he was a drummer and a good dealer for the cards. So nothing to do with the uh, the fact that he's shooting up in that arm. Well, probably uh, weird, but yes, he's won three Oscars. Apparently, I'm just looking at the IMDb now. There you go. Good old Frank. Yes, James Herschel, humanitarian award winner. He so won best actor for the man with the golden arm. There you go. Yes, and from here to eternity, best supporting role. And an honorary award in 1946. 1946, he's been around that long. Hmm. Jesus. Good on you, Frank. All righty, well, that's probably a good place for us to wrap it up this month. We we didn't have a topic. We just thought we'd get together and chat about some of the stuff we've been playing and watching yes, and catching up Yes, but we have on. been working towards next month's topic. Yes, we're going to do a special episode next month where we're going to go a little bit off format and we're going to dedicate a whole episode to cinema of the 90s. 90s. We've gone back and looked at films of our youth and we talked about 80s films or coming of age. Was that sort of coming of age? But that essentially ended with 1990. Time for the guru. Yeah. So we thought... We looked at, I forget how we got onto it, but we're talking about how the 90s of cinema, saying, what would you call a definitive 90s movie? Yes, so the quintessential gone, 90s movie, I think, was the exact term we used. Mm. So we've gone back and we've had a look, and yeah, we've picked a, a couple of choice cuts from the 90s that we're working our way through. Yeah, I, I think a bit of full disclosure here that we were going to pick four movies to watch. And then we realised that there was just a plethora of great cinema in the 90s, so we're going to watch some more. Yeah, then again, some not so great. But we're going to go back and we're going to watch a bunch of 90s movies and we're going to come back next month and do a bit of a 90s movie spectacular. Yes. So we've thrown it open to the Facebook. We did get one response so far, but we're going to throw it out there again. So if anyone has an idea of some movies that you just look at and you watch and you think, that yeah, is that's so, so 90s. 90s. Yeah. So we've got a pretty good idea of what we are watching, but we are always open to suggestions. Yes. And I, I know singles is, is 90s as fuck, but I just really can't bring myself to watching it again. So yeah, yeah we understand. Yeah, so if we are going to pick a, a Generation X movie, I think we should go Reality Bites over singles. Oh, God, I want to punch him all in the dick as well. <laughs> Tough choice. But anyway, yeah. But yeah, so next month we're going to come back and we're going to put on our hypercolor t-shirts. And Is that 90s? Yeah. Is that 80s? We're going to put on our rollerblades. Yeah, Reebok pumps. We're going to get our Discman out. Yep, and we're going to delve into the 90s. All righty, well, that's it for tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this. If you have any comments for us, jump onto our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the massive attack podcast you can always find us on itunes which would be a great place to leave us a five-star review since we haven't had much love on the itunes for a little while we're on our website which is uh, the mapodcast.podbean.com and you can find us on twitter as the ma podcast as well and if you're listening and you have something you want to show yourself like your own podcast or web page or blog or anything please let us know we'll show you exactly 
We're, we're open to uh, a bit of palm greasing every now and then. Yes, yes. we'll pay it forward. We will, because God knows we promote your other podcasts quite a bit on this show. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, Bye. Bye.